Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast. My name is Bex and I love books and hopefully you do as well. On the way in today's show, we've got a chat with the author Sam Sedgman. We'll be catching up with Babatunde Alicia and we'll be telling you about the best books around this week as well. Lots of reasons to keep listening to the podcast. All right, you might know Sam Sedgman. He has written an amazing series with M.G. Leonard called The Adventures of Trains. And he is joining us right now to tell us all about Read Hour and how reading helps open up our imagination. You're listening to Fun Kids, it's Dan. We are coming up to International Literacy Day with Read Hour, which just wants you to take an hour out of your day, your week, whatever it is, sit down with a good book. Now, to tell us more and inspire us with some fantastic book picks, the author of the Adventures on Train series and a very close Fun Kids friend, Sam Sedgman, thank you for joining us. Hello, I'm so excited to be here, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. No, please. In our in our fancy studio, I'm feeling very comfortable, very at home with you um, because we've got some lovely books to talk about. Absolutely, yes. So, Read Hour, how much do you read a day? So, I... <laughs> I'm an author and people think that I read constantly, that I devour books, that my house is made of books. But I, like a lot of people, sometimes I read a lot. Sometimes I find it really difficult to read. It's often when you get busy, it's difficult to make time for it if you have other stuff in your life. Um, I always try and read before bed. Sometimes I try and read in the afternoon, but sometimes I go weeks without picking up a book and I feel awful um, because I love reading, but sometimes it's really difficult to make time for even the things that we love to do. And that's what's important, isn't it? I think making time because uh, when we're busy, just gone back to school, we've got a lot going on, we've got stuff that we're doing after school, but actually making time to read uh, must be so important. Why do you think that is? Oh, it's, it's, I always, like a lot of good habits, like a lot of things that make you feel good. Often uh, you feel like, oh, I can do that later. The things that we can do sort of any time, often we, we don't make a time for it. So they kind of slip out of our days. But making time to read is so important and so precious because you build a habit and then you realise how much you love it. You can dive into all these incredible worlds, all these incredible stories and learn all these incredible things when you read. Um, and it really is a habit. You have to really put in the time uh, to, to find that fun and find that joy that you can get in reading. Now, this is like an organised thing, right? This is Read Hour with the UN International Literacy Day. Yeah, that may, the UN International Literacy Day <laughs> sounds terribly important and, and, and rather serious, but Read Hour, I think, sounds much more friendly. So Read Hour is such a wonderful idea that basically everyone's going to read for an hour at the same time, the same hour on the same day. So UN International Literacy Day is the 8th of September and officially read hour is from 2pm to 3pm. But if you can't read in that hour, I think you can read any other hour you like, it's fine. Um, Just put aside some time in your day to read and read whatever you want. And I think the idea that everyone does this together is so exciting because it's like you're taking part in this this wonderful collective thing. Because obviously reading is mostly something we do by ourselves right but um the idea that you do it with everyone else at the same time really makes you feel like you're a part of something and i think that's really exciting and i love how reading is maybe the first step up the pyramid to being a writer i know so so many writers uh, or, or people listening maybe reading when they're young just like are so keen to be a writer when they're older but maybe can't see how that's happened but you have made it happen with Adventures on Trains. I'm holding your fifth book in front of me. You are. Sabotage on the Solar Express. Um, How much did reading when you were younger 
set you up for being a creative writer with five novels now? Oh, so much so. I absolutely devoured every story I could get my hands on when I was a younger reader. And really what I try and do now, because of course a lot of grown-ups write books for other grown-ups, but I like to write books uh, for younger readers. I'm basically writing the books that I would have loved to have read when I was uh, 9, 10, 11, however old you are when you want to read books about uh, adventures set on trains all over the world. Um, because books, there are so many different stories out there, but often you find yourself sort of aching to read a specific story and it maybe doesn't exist in the world. And I write these books with a friend of mine, M.G. Leonard, who's written a lot of other great books as well. And um, the two of us both realised that there wasn't there wasn't a book out there that was an adventure story or a mystery story set in the real world on amazing train journeys. And we were like, oh, that book would be really, really good because I would have loved to have read that book when I was growing up. Uh, as well as loving to read, I was absolutely obsessed with trains. I had a railway line at the bottom of my garden. I would run down to the end of the garden like a lunatic and wave at the trains as they went past. Um, and I would have I would have uh, loved to have read a book like this when I was growing up. And that's what really we've tried to do. Um, because I, and I really sort of draw on all the stories that I enjoyed reading when I was younger. I read a lot of detective stories. I read a lot of adventure stories. I read a lot of uh, funny books as well. And books set all over the world in different kinds of countries and places. Uh, and I've kind of taken all of that everything that I read and kind of stuffed it into this book series and tried to make it as fun and exciting as possible. What you say is absolutely true in that you can write a book about whatever you're passionate about. Oh, absolutely. And you said being, reading is the first step on the way to being a writer, and that's true, but it's also the first step on being the way to anything else, really, as well. Like, reading is often where we discover our passions. Like, I always say reading is like sort of a secret magic power it's like time travel you can read about the past it's like actual travel you can travel the world you can travel into space you can fight wizards ride a dragon you can like you can bring people back from the dead you can do loads of stuff in books you can do literally anything and if you want to spark your imagination and discover your passion there is no stronger tool to do that than reading now, in your Adventures on Trains books, your, your, your lead character, I guess, this is Hal Harrison, who, who travels all around the world. The one I've got in front of me, they are uh, sabotaged, heading through Australia. Yeah. I know they've been all over the place. The world is so big, there are so many places. Where else are you going to get them into train hijinks, do you think? Oh, my goodness. So, uh, Hal is very fortunate in that he has an uncle, Nat, Nathaniel Bradshaw, who is a travel journalist who just so happens to be invited on lots of incredible railway journeys around the world. So far, we've taken them uh, on the last journey of the Royal Steam Train around the UK. They've been to, uh, they've been right the way across America on the California Comet. They've been to South Africa to on a rail safari, seeing elephants and rhinoceroses and giraffes and things like that, to solve a murder. Uh, they've gone to the spooky Hearts Mountains in Germany. This book, as you say, is set in the burning hot red centre of the Australian outback. Um, this October, we have our sixth adventure coming out in the series, uh, where they go to the Arctic. It's called the Arctic Railway Assassin. Uh, and they start in uh, Stockholm and they take the sleeper train north towards Narvik, which is the uh, most northerly railway station in all of Europe. Um, and I should say here that one of the best things about writing this series is that I've got to go on a lot of these train journeys myself. Uh, and me and Maya went last November to uh, to Sweden and we took this incredible railway journey. And we had our notebooks and we were staring out the windows, writing down everything that we saw, everything that we could uh, discover. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a sort of, uh, sort of thriller action mystery set on this um, sleeper train uh, through the Arctic Circle full of snow and reindeer and sinister people. And what amazes me with these books and just writing generally, you are 
when I read them, I am taken there using just the words that you've put on a page. How challenging is that to be able to sum up the red hot desert of Australia, the freezing cold Arctic of Sweden using just words on a page how do you start oh how do you start well if you can you go there and you experience what it's like uh, a lot of people say write what you know and i think that's very true and if you don't know something you should find it out um but if oh yeah we can't go everywhere well, i haven't done all of these train journeys because i'm not a millionaire um I, I wish i spent all my time traveling the world going on train journeys but that's sadly not the case um but then we do an awful lot of research we go on youtube we watch videos we we read books we read amazing travel writing from the words of other people who have been there and try and get a sense of it in ourselves. I, I do creative writing workshops with people a lot of the time. And the first thing I get them to do is to think about their five senses. So if you're describing something with writing, I get you to think about, imagine yourself somewhere, whether it's the middle of the desert or the top of a snowy mountain. Imagine and, and close your eyes and imagine you're there and think about what can you see? What can you hear? What can you feel? What can you taste? What, if you reach out your hand, what could you touch? So if you're on the snowy mountaintop, maybe that's the crunch of the powdery snow under your snow boots. Maybe that's the icy biting cold wind pinching your the, your cheeks as it, as it blows against you. Um, what can you see up in the sky? Is it night? Is it dark? Is it cloudy? Is it sunny? Um, what can you smell? What might you eat in this place? There's so many great places to start from when you think about your five senses because that's what makes a place real to us and we always try and make them uh, as re as vivid as possible by thinking about things like like food especially the all if you read our books you'll see there's an awful lot of food that they eat on the train because that research as well it's 100 percent research <laughs> but no and because food is different wherever you go and i think it's often really interesting we're often describing meals that no, that the readers have, have never eaten um and i think that's really interesting because it tells you an awful lot about a place to what the food tastes like that's one of the best ways of imagining yourself there and one of the best things that you would do if you went there because we've all got to eat um uh, so we have a lot of fun doing that but i would always start with the senses so that's where we start now we we've been talking about reading being a step maybe on the way to writing if someone's very inspired by read hour and they want to start writing have you got any tips as a a world famous published author that you can give us? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, it depends what kind of story you want to write. I write mystery stories and I write adventure stories. So I'm always focused on like, what's the most fun thing that could possibly happen in this book? But I would always say, if you want to write a story, start with a really interesting setting. Like if you're going to spend a lot of time writing this story and you're going to take your reader into this place, it's got to be somewhere exciting. It's got to be somewhere that you want to think about, you want to write about. Uh, so if you really like football, maybe you want to write a story set at a football stage. If you really like uh, animals, maybe you want to set a story on safari or at the zoo or somewhere like that. And then because I write mystery stories and adventure stories, I always think about what terrible crime can I shove into this place? Uh, so whether that's a murder, whether that's a kidnapping, whether that's a bomb, whether that's someone sabotaging a train or someone disappearing. Um, put that in your setting and immediately you're thinking about, oh, what could happen? Who might be there? Who might be involved? And the way that me and Maya write these books together, M.G. Leonard, because of course there's two of us. And most of the time when we think about writing, we think about, you know, you're sitting down quietly with a notebook. And that's not how we do it at all, because we're two of us. So we, ha we have a big, loud chat where we basically sort of... Um, 
come up with every idea that we possibly can. And we do something we call post-it note plotting, where we write down every idea that we can think of. We write it down on a post-it note and we slap it up on the wall of uh, wherever we're staying. And um, we just sort of make a big cloud of different ideas. No idea is bad. You put it up on the wall. And then over time, you start to think, well, if that's going to happen, it should happen before that. And you start moving the post-it notes around. And eventually, slowly, like sculpting a big piece of clay, you slowly make something that starts to look like a story. So I would say the most important thing is the first bit, which is the most fun bit, where you sort of um, spout every idea that you could possibly think of, of something that might happen in your story. Um, Because like I say, no idea is a bad idea. You don't know if it's a bad idea until you've really written it down. But if you don't write it down, it'll disappear. It'll be gone and it can't happen. Um, So write down everything you can possibly think of. And then immediately you've got a big big sort of vat of stuff that you can call on to make your story exciting and interesting and rich. Um, and that's really how we do it. We, we start with much too much and then we whittle it down later. Now, if someone is listening and they're thinking, I'd love to get involved with Read Hour, but I'm useless. I've never found a book that's uh, appetised me, that's held me. Just where would you direct them? Like, where would you point them towards? Now, I could recommend you some amazing books, but I think everyone is different and everyone should find the right book for them. Um, I would say go to your library, go to your local library, whether that's your school library or a library in a place where you live and ask the librarian, what should I read? Because there's so many different kinds of books out there. It can be really overwhelming. You might really like to read adventure stories. You might like to read uh, uh, mystery books or nonfiction or action stuff or fantasy Um, but librarians if you tell them something you've enjoyed or something you like I bet you they'll be able to find something really good for you if not your librarian maybe your teacher might be able to suggest something to you as well or your friends ask your friends what they're reading ask your brothers and sisters ask your family is there something that they enjoyed reading when they were your age Um, and then just look around the bookshelves and see what might take your fancy Um, don't be afraid to try something different something that you've never read before something you haven't heard of because I'll let you in a little secret. If you start a book and you don't like it, you don't have to finish it. I know that teachers listening will be screaming at me saying that's not true at all, but I start books and realise they're not for me all the time. That's fine. Not everything is for everyone. You can find another book and read it. The most important thing is that you enjoy what you are reading. So I would say ask for help. The Read Hour is all about us coming together to read. I say let's talk to each other and find out what everyone else is reading and then you might get lots of inspired suggestions for what you might like to read as well. That read hour is the 8th of September. Try and get it done. Although you can do it any time, it's fine. But the actual read hour is between two and three. But, you know, take an hour of your date, read. Sam Sedgman, thank you so much for coming in. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much to Sam Sedgman. Next up, actor, comedian and podcast host, Babatunde Alicia caught up with Robin this week from Fun Kids and they were talking all about the power of imagination and the importance of reading books. So can you tell us what is mission imagination? It sounds pretty cool from what I can see, but what is it exactly? Okay, so Mission Imagination is a podcast uh, from Mags Creative and Puffin Books. And it, what we really do is we invite authors down and we allow them to create an imaginary, magical world 
for the kids to immerse themselves into and explore. But we also chuck in like, you know, riddles and clues and like little quests so that um, just make it a bit more fun for them, you know. But they we really allow the children to kind of like take over and explore this imaginal, imaginary world that they've made up. And it is just, it's really fun. It is so much fun for the kids. Yeah, I bet. And what do you what do you think you love most about a good story? Oh, I think for me, it's definitely just imagining like all the different like things that uh, the authors and the children come up with. So, you know, there was one episode um, had like, it was like Biscuitville and everything was literally made out of biscuits. And you really kind of like are able to put your mind into those places. And, you know, with the author's help, you know, they describe all like the colours, the tastes. And even though you're not doing those things, you actually begin to, you get sucked into those worlds. So I think that's my favourite part of it. Yeah, it's really cool. Do you know, I always think when you're kind of using your imagination, it's quite nice that it could kind of take you anywhere. It's a bit of like a a little bit of an escapism, would you say? Absolutely. And it's so cool for the to see the kids, um, you know, explore that. You know, my son, I've got a six-year-old son, and so it helps me when it comes to, like, reading stories to him. I always, like, now I ask him questions. What do you think this feels like? What do you think that tastes like? Da, 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 da. So we kind of always go off topic from the book, and then we have to kind of, like, get back to the actual book that we're reading. So, yeah, it's really nice. That is so cool. And, of course, you're a bit of a celebrity yourself. You're on Gogglebox. And you've done some really cool stuff. Do you feel like kind of uh, immersing yourself in the kind of acting world and the comedy circuit has helped you kind of understand the imagination a little bit more? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, Especially the acting um, has helped me always kind of like get into the, you know, switch that part of my brain on where it's just like, okay, we're here now, we're in this world. But also I think I have to give it up to my, my son, man. Having a having a child and having to do that every night when you read a story to them, that has been training for this podcast. <laughs> so I have to give it up to him, man. He really has helped me along the way. He's the hero, really. He's booking you all the jobs, is he? Because he's getting your brain going. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, we would love to put your imagination to the test today and see if you could come up with um, the most imaginative ways to come out of these situations um, that our listeners are having. Right, cool. I'm ready. Are you up for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Okay, let's let's go. go. Okay. (laughs) So what would you do if your mum wouldn't let you play your music out loud? I'd play it quietly. Oh. oh no 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 <laughs> yeah i'd play it quietly or i'll just get headphones easy oh you're practical i like this <laughs> yeah easy one easy one she doesn't have to hear it <laughs> that's such a parenting answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is to be honest <laughs> i yeah. love that um okay so what would you do if you really didn't want to go to school oh <laughs> um Okay. Well, I'm an actor, so I could play sick. Oh. I could really, really turn up. Yeah, I could turn up the sick acting a lot. Yeah. I'll act like I've got like a maybe like a stomach cramp. cramp. Um, Classic. Cough. Nice little cough, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. always goes, yeah, I can fake a cough. 
Now, this one I feel like you are going to relate to a little bit more than us because what would you do if your brother always ate all the biscuits in the house? Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. So if my brother always ate all the biscuits in the house, oh, do I want to be a snitch? Oh, do I want to be a grass? Mm. Or you can maybe... No, 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 no. I, I would. I would tell him. <gasps> would you really? I would. I'd have to. I'm sorry, man. But we we both got to share the biscuits in the house. You can't have all the biscuits to yourself. I'm a bit, and I'm a, I'm a biscuit lover, so I definitely be the first one to tell mum. My brother ate all the biscuits. Mm. What's your favorite biscuit? Because I'm gonna sound real bougie right now. Oh, but okay. M&S do yeah, <laughs> M&S do like a really nice shortbread with uh, toffee pecans. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> those are the best biscuits in the world that but is I do very love bougie. A nice, it is very bougie but i do i do love a, a nice chocolate digestive that always goes you know well with a nice cup of tea I, I, i'm a sucker for that yeah man. that's a classic <laughs> one and if you like them you need to try the caramel chocolate digestives they will change yes, your you life do. yes oh my god see i didn't want to like you know be a bit too much and say, yeah, that's my favorite. So I just kind of tried to play it down and just do the normal chocolate digestive. But yeah, the caramel ones, oh. See, my saying... wife has banned me. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> she's banned me. Yeah, she's banned me from like biscuits. Like, because honestly, I'm like Mr. Biscuit connoisseur out here. I love a good biscuit. Yeah, man. Oh, so you Mm-mm-mm. would love to live in biscuit world then. That's the kind of world that you should be living in. Absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for using your imagination with us. Well, absolutely loved it. And of course, it's uh, season two, isn't it, of the podcast? Yes, it is. It's season two, we just finished that. And also, we won an award last year at the Radio Academy Awards for Amazing. season one. Yes, we did. Yeah, man. So, oh, man, I'm chuffed. I'm really, really happy. So you're award winning yeah. as well. That's why you get the bougie biscuits. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Thank you so much to Robin and Babatunde there. Now, the beginning of September and October means there are so many big new books coming out. Oh my goodness. Uh, some of the big ones we got to tell you about at the moment is a brand new one from Chris Smith and Greg James. Now, they are the authors of Kid Normal. They've got a new one out called Super Ghost, which I think you are going to love. It does say, at the, at the back of the book, it says, don't worry, the hero doesn't die at the end of the story. He dies right at the beginning. I mean, that's a great teaser, isn't it? That is a big, big shout. Uh, We've also got a brand new book in from Robin Stevens. Now, she is the author of the Murder Most Unladylike series, and she's got a brand new series on the go, The Ministry of Unladylike Activity. This is set in the Second World War with brand new characters, but her old characters might make an appearance in the book as well. If you love Robin Stevens' mysteries, definitely check this one out. There is also a brand new beautiful book I have in front of me, The Faber Book of Bedtime Stories. Lots of different authors have got involved to write new stories for you. Uh, I'm, I'm talking Kieran Larwood, Ingrid Passard, I've got Pip Jones, Martin Ford, Hannah Lee, Aisha Busby. All of them have got together and created this brilliant, beautiful book. And if you do love your bedtime stories, well, go and check it out because it's also been illustrated wonderfully by Sarah McIntyre. 
So lots of books around at the moment and lots of stuff for you to check out in the shops and in your libraries as well. If you've got an amazing book that you've been reading, tell me all about it. Go to funkidslive.com or leave a comment here on the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast feed, wherever it is you're listening to your podcast. I'll be back super soon. Remember to like, subscribe and follow wherever it is you're listening to this show. Bye.